0: Previously on The Mortal Path
1: It's not like Taro has like hidden himself or changed himself in the way that like Nat has with her like smoke and mirrors type situation. It's like Taro has pulled something over him and you are just kind of vaguely awfully aware that he's kind of pulled the soul and the essence of that person over him. It's not an illusion. It's not a trick like yours is. This is like a literal... Almost reskinning.
2: I think I may have gone to hell briefly. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I went too. Yeah, we went to hell. I think for a bit.
1: Yeah. So he looks over and he kind of like narrows his eyes, but he's a ghost. What the hell can he do? He's dead. Um. So he <laughs> looks over again to you, Taram, and he goes, "We had a tip off about you." while well, the two of you, Taro and Nat, in your disguises as the guard in silver armor and the guard in bronze armor, standing at Ersten's door. She's in her dressing gown. You can now see into the room. It's a relatively small flat, nicely furnished, kind of a modest sense of class. The things there aren't particularly old and broken down, but they're not like brand new gaudy. It's, it's you know relatively humble you can also see that she has pattern pieces on the floor she's got bits of material she's been kind of cutting and piecing and doing a bit of sewing um and she kind of steps back to let you in with a smile
3: i am not following them i am still hiding
1: yeah i was about to say can you you roll me a stealth check please if you're hiding
3: that is a uh, 19 plus 11 so 30 yeah you're pretty not there (laughs) (laughs)
0: rogues motherfucker I'm going to walk in and kind of like push past. And like, I'm not going to push her if she's like not going to go out of my way to push her, mm. but like just uh, uncaringly walk in and past her and start looking around.
1: Okay, yeah. You give, like, you, you brush by her a little more um, forcefully than perhaps you would have necessarily needed to. And she takes a half step back and she kind of straightens out her dressing gown with a little. <clears throat> well. Uh, do come in can I get you any tea or what is it I can do for you tonight
2: a tea would be excellent and then I'll take a seat at the the kitchen table which I assume there is there's probably some kind of table right a dinner table so I got a table
1: yeah there's a table you take a seat she disappears into a little kitchen that doesn't have a door there's just a doorway you hear her bustling around and after a couple of minutes she comes back with a um, teapot and some teacups and appropriately sized for the people in the room and she pours out tea and she goes so I uh, take it that you said that there was a matter of um, payment for the information I also assume uh, that the previous squabble with my sister is now resolved
2: ooh I'm gonna slowly sip this cup of tea and wait for <laughs> Gary to say something.
0: <laughs> Nat doesn't have the the voice feet thing. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, do we have a use of telepathy left today? Yes. Uh, Tara, you're going to have to do the talking. I if she's heard the person who I've taken over speak, some, she'll know something's wrong.
3: Uh, through the mental telepathy, I go. Oh my god. You know what you could do is you could use this opportunity to completely undermine her relationship with the uh, officers of Hopewell.
2: Ah, uh, we can handle this. Let's figure it out. Let's do it. Yeah, see how it goes.
0: Okay.
3: I've got some hit points. It's fine. <laughs> she doesn't. Don't worry now. I've, I've got this.
2: I've got this. I know what I'm doing. So, about the matter of payment. Yeah. Yes. We'll we'll take it now, please. What?
1: what do you what do you mean in about ta- i thought that the deal was that you would uh, forget about th- my sister and and all of that and that you would also uh, give me a, a small sum of the reward money when you turned in the 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 criminal that was the deal is that you were going to give me a small sum of whatever you got from your head chief whatever for the magic user and that Narium would be fine, and that you'd give me a small sum, and... (gasps) What do you mean about... I can't pay you!
2: (laughs) By the sounds of things, it sounds like your attempt to arrange the protection of a known accomplice was a bit of a a a favour for you, really. Don't you agree?
1: No, that was part of the deal. I I said that I might have some information, but I wasn't interested in anybody getting hurt by it simply that you were looking for a dangerous magic user and I had an idea about where that dangerous magic user might be because I, you know, I can put two and two together you know, sew a pattern piece up the right way and so on and and... Oh, we let her talk and now I feel bad for her
0: Can I roll a perception to see what is valuable in this room?
1: Yes, please
0: 14 minus 1 is
1: 13 (laughs) 13! (laughs) Okay looking over the things there is a general sense that most of the furniture is second hand but is second hand not third hand fourth hand fifth hand second hand um she has clearly done patches and repairs there is a single um like a, a drawn portrait on this like mantelpiece which has a gold frame that probably looks like it's worth at least a couple of gold pieces and the portrait mm-hmm. is of clearly her and some family members. You see somebody who you think might be her sister, actually, because they look very similar in this like family-drawn portrait. Um, you don't really know much about sewing supplies. We have established that in canon. <laughs> but you don't know, fuck all. But you can see there's some boxes of... Um, what looks to you maybe like silk because it's got that sheen to it, bits of lace that are kind of folded over in paper. You don't know the worth, but they could be worth money. Um, She probably keeps... You do know that in that conversation, she she said that she kept some pieces for herself. And in fact, actually, you can see a piece of the lace that you sold her folded over Mm. um, in a piece of paper. So you get the idea that most of her wealth is probably in like stock for her shop and in a couple of bits and pieces here and there, rather than any sort of opulence. You also would know just from living in big cities that to live alone in a place like this, relatively central in a relatively nice area of Hopewell, is also probably eating up a fair amount of her expenses. So you get the feeling that she's, you know, maybe has a small stash of money hidden away somewhere in the flat, but she's not living a life of luxury here. She's not like, you know, hard off, but she's not living like an opulent life not hard off what's the word <laughs> hard, up. Hard, oh. up, well off. hard off <laughs> hard off hard <laughs> off i like hard off that's a good shop
0: oh well up oh boy yeah uh, i'm going to start like opening cabinets and drawers okay and looking under beds
1: she like spins on her heel and she goes excuse me what do you think you're doing
2: i think it's good that we are in agreement uh, i think i think none of us would like violence to be involved. If you'll give me a moment I'll just cite the relevant stature.
1: Wait, hold on. What are you talking about? Did you I don't understand what's going on here.
2: What about our previous agreement?
1: You ah, said that Here th- we
2: are. Here we are. Uh subsection 8. Could line you put four. that
1: back? That is my mother's cutlery. Put that back Any in the drawer. Any attempt
2: draw. to form a deal with an officer of the law will be considered an offense.
1: But you approached me! You came into my shop with the notices!
0: I don't think that's true. Interesting. I go over to the picture frame and just rip the picture out of it. Don't don't touch that! Take the frame. Don't! What are you
2: doing? look at the the statutes again, I believe there are also laws here about uh, attempts to lie to protectors of the peace.
1: I haven't lied protectors of the peace my fucking arse, give that back to me right now. At least give me the picture back.
0: The picture's on the floor. I'll just leave it there.
1: She, like, snatches it up, like, folds out some of the wrinkles in it.
0: God, I feel so terrible.
1: You should.
0: You are awful, <laughs> you awful should. people. Hey, I am not Natalia.
2: Yeah, I know. I think I think Tara's always been a fairly awful person. I think it just has not come up much of a chance to demonstrate <laughs> oh that. Oh, my
3: God. Can I just say Nerium is chewing her fist in the corridor listening to this? <sighs> But not interrupting. I'm yeah. not stopping them from doing it.
2: I am complicit. My uh, my partner here, you see, uh, has various charitable occurrences. And if there were to be some kind of donation, perhaps, to uh, their their campaigns, then, well, perhaps we could forget about this. A
1: donation of what?
0: I will continue... Rummaging around the flat.
1: Can you fucking stop that? You're messing up my entire inventory
2: system.
0: Give as you feel able.
1: Give what? I gave... You walked into my shop. You asked for information. You brought up my sister. You said any information would help with her case. You said you'd split some of the gold. I told you the very little that I knew and that I wasn't interested in anyone getting hurt by it. All I said was I'd seen somebody who might have vaguely matched that description with slightly different hair, with an old person that I used to I didn't really know and I said that they were in the area that was the only thing I had ever said to you and you said that the matter with my sister would be dropped that I'd get a little bit of gold for my time and no one would get hurt and now you're here tearing up my flat
2: i take another sip of the tea
1: (sighs) I have five gold pieces in my wallet and the rest is at my shop in the safe where you keep your fucking money when you run a business i will give you it but at least tell me that the matter with felicity is solved
2: we'll drop by the store next week sometime and then we'll discuss whether the matter is solved but i think you'll find the result to your liking
1: to my liking, would be that I never see either of your faces again, and neither does my sister.
2: Thank you very much for the tea, by the way. It was lovely.
1: Get the fuck out of my flat.
2: Collect whatever, whatever. No, I'll wait for Nat to collect whatever gold is being offered, and then I'll leave. Yeah.
1: Yeah, she, like, she goes to her coat, which is hanging up on the back of the door, pulls out her little purse, literally upends it so that you can see that five gold pieces and a couple of copper pieces come, like, you know ching ching out and she like shoves it in your hand looking furious
0: okay i'll take that and the picture frame and just nod to bronze tarot and walk out
2: many thanks for your excellent hospitality
1: fuck off and she will slam the door behind you (laughs) oh mission accomplished yeah
3: should we go home i didn't like that
2: why did we do that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Man, all this fucking soul-stealing shit makes me edgy.
1: <laughs> yeah. As you're standing outside the door, you can hear there's like a second of silence, and then there's like a thunk and a ching-ching-ching of like somebody clearly slamming their fists on the table where the teacups still are, and you just hear it go...
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: We should We should get out of here.
2: Yes, we should. It's like when you wear a Garfield suit and you, you hate Mondays. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah it's exactly like that
1: ed you're it's right just like that that's the right mm-hmm. feeling mm-hmm. for this situation very specific <laughs> right so you're in the corridor of the tenement building outside the flat of a small room oh, no. we're
3: leaving ge- we're leaving we're leaving we're going
1: yeah back. let's
2: just go let's get out of here let's where bounce. are you going
3: back to the cat i think okay i want to go back to the cat and hide in melvin's room and i know where the back stairs are we can just get back home I- and when we do i imagine we're all sitting there quite quietly and I would like to say, um... I wonder... Um... <sighs> she did say she didn't want me to be hurt. Obviously, they didn't pay any attention to that... Because they came straight in and tried to kill us all. Um, I have a suggestion. Next week, or at some point... I might drop by Ersten's shop. Let her know that we I escaped by the skin of my teeth... From some terrible thing that happened. And, um say that i've heard that something's up with her sister felicity and does she want some help
2: i mean if you want
3: well i feel really bad
2: she did tip
0: them off to us yeah but
3: she said she didn't want anyone to get hurt and you know what it's like if you're looking after family now you had a
0: sister you can't if you tip people like that off you know someone's gonna get hurt
3: well she ought to have yeah but maybe she was desperate she did sound like felicity was the main thing to her And it wouldn't hurt to have her more on side. More people on side.
2: I think we've achieved that. Well, that's up to you, really. It's not my concern.
3: Well, maybe when you go and do your necklace heist, I might go and do that. My what? Your necklace heist. Do you remember you were going to go to the opera and steal a necklace?
2: Oh, yeah, but that was before we found all the swords.
3: Oh, you're not going to bother now?
2: We probably
0: should. I
3: mean, it was magic. And anyway, we we did promise Jarrah that we'd do it and they are letting us stay here.
0: Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I, I think completing this assignment would be useful for us.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess.
3: Anyway, didn't you have a hot date or something, Tarot? Huh? You met a sexy person and they gave you a free ticket.
2: Oh yeah, that was my scam. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I lost, lost, lost energy on that one.
3: Right, right.
2: Other things came up, you know.
3: They certainly did.
2: It's been a busy day, oh,
3: boy, hasn't it? Can we get some kip? Yep, absolutely.
1: So you bed down for the night let me clear all my spell slots and heal <laughs> yeah mark a long rest by the time you get back it's pretty late uh findex has also gone to bed as has jarrah but you do find in the kitchen as you're sneaking in through the back ways that findex has left out a tray with food that has like been covered in a cloth and like a little note that Bless just assumes that you're going... yeah he assumes you're going to be back so he's left you out some food um and a bit of uh, a bit of drink as well you retire to your beds for the evening, which is all in one room, which is Melvin's old room. Findex is now in Pellet's old room. And you take a long rest. However. Oh. oh, no. Taro. That's me. Yeah. Oh, dream time. You are standing in a corridor. And it is a very, very boring, bureaucratic, kind of narrow corridor that stretches out forever in front of you and forever behind you. What do you do?
2: Huh. Can I hear anything?
1: There's like office sounds. Vague shuffling. Vague mumbling. All sounds quite muffled and far away. Seems like it's an inhabited building but there don't seem to be any doors or windows. Your worst enemy. It is just a long corridor.
2: (laughs) Am I dressed for the office?
1: No, but you're kind of (laughs) dressed in kind of somber clothes. It's quite like a heavy, dark tunic type thing. It's not particularly fancy, it's not particularly plain, but it's quite like dour.
2: And I've not got a briefcase or anything.
1: No, I have a briefcase, no. You do have your scythe, weirdly.
2: Oh, okay. Huh. Well, it sounds like I've got to find my briefcase. Can't go to the office without my briefcase. Okay. I'm <laughs> walk down the hallway. Okay.
1: You start got to walking... find my briefcase. <laughs> you start walking down the hallway, you're looking for your briefcase. You do kind of notice that as you continue down this corridor. There does seem to be this kind of mist that starts kind of swirling around your ankles and it's creeping up to like your shins, to your knees, and it's very reminiscent of the ghostly mist that was in the place that you thought was hell where you went to
2: briefly. Oh hi. Huh. It looks like the AC units on the fritz. <laughs> Gotta talk to Johnson in maintenance about that stuff. <laughs> but not before I close some more sales. <sighs> You know you they can... say, A, C, A, B, always be closing. Let's go.
1: <laughs> Amazing. So you continue down the corridor. It turns right. You around. turn right with it. And there is a long queue of people. And they're all dressed in similar, like, tunics as you. None of them are holding anything. You are the only person who seems to be holding something. And you're holding your scythe. Um, but there's a long queue. And it's kind of blocking the corridor.
2: What well, Tam, Who's in the queue?
1: They have their back to you. It looks like a human, a little bit taller than you, maybe about five four, mid shoulder, blonde hair.
2: I'll uh, I'll tap this 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 human on the back or the shoulder or something and say like, uh, what's the queue for?
1: There's no response, and as you tap them on the shoulder, your finger almost seems to kind of go through them a little bit, not fully, but just just a little bit. Like in a gooey way or in a... No, in the way that when you were holding Halloumi's hand and you could, you were holding both her physical hand <laughs> oh, like and like cheese. the soul hand. I thought you meant cheese as well.
2: why Halloumi. you never named characters no. To food?
1: No, I, I did not name her. I need that. I need y'all to remember Who that, did that, that name... I think I. it was Kitty. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, it was you or Kitty. It was one of you two. Yeah. <laughs> so the same way that when you were holding her hand and you were holding her physical hand, but you were also holding like Her soul, and you could kind of feel that passing through, and like the
3: the firmness underneath of the corporeal body, like that. This is a mixture of being like really, really gross and really, really goat yoga. In a kind of, you're not just holding her hand; you're holding her spiritual hand, but also in a kind of like, and it's squishy, and it's (laughs) (laughs) you go through it.
2: Fantastic! <laughs> yeah. just another um, day
3: at the office
1: eh? I don't know
2: I gotta see what these people are queuing for I guess I gotta squeeze past the queue can okay. I do that?
1: <laughs> yeah it takes some effort and as you are like shoving by people they seem to kind of crowd you more and more into the wall and there comes a point where you think you're about to get stuck by all these people kind of crushing up against you and then suddenly you're at the front of the queue and there is a door In front of you and it's a very plain brown door um, and it has like a little sign on it you know one of those that go from like in out for like if somebody's in the room or not you slide the little thing over to where it says in or out so it's slid over so it says in and then below that it says busy and as you're looking at it that little bit that covers it goes over to the left and then it says free
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm not in the queue. I've got to wait till whoever was at the front of the queue before me. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna bust queue etiquette. You know what? Fuck it. I'm busting queue etiquette. It's I, I haven't had my coffee yet. I can't find yeah, my briefcase. Had a good day. This is this is the worst day of the office I've had a Pushes past the queue
0: of however many people and then says, "I'm not gonna <laughs> yeah, bust queue yeah. etiquette."
2: <laughs> I just wanted to see who's at the front, but now I'm at the front. Now, I'm now it's you. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, you open the door? Yeah. You walk into this very dull-looking office space, and the door behind you closes, and there is this person at the desk who is so nondescript that every time you try to actually look at them, it is impossible to make out any features. And every time that you're looking at them, you feel like you know what this person looks like but you blink or you look away and you kind of forget or it merges into it. And this person...
2: Morning, boss. How are the quarterly numbers?
1: (laughs) Thanks to you, they're looking certainly more interesting. Take a seat.
2: I'll take a seat.
1: There's a single chair at the other side of the desk. And this person reaches kind of behind their side of the desk and pulls out a briefcase and puts it on the table and slides it towards you. Oh, that's where
2: that was. Did you lose it? Yeah, I dropped it somewhere, I think. Hmm...
1: Do you recognise this place?
2: Well, it's the office. We come here every day.
1: Not every day, but it is the office. But do you recognise it? And make me a perception check, please.
2: Okay. 20, but not natural. Just Okay.
1: You look around, and again, perfectly normal office, except you do spot two things. One, much like the way that Halumi Mint's soul was overlaid with her body in the hellscape, All of this office is overlayered on the hellscape. And for a second, you can kind of see that. And, And then you can't see it, and then you can see it, and it's like this deep understanding that everything you are seeing is being conjured by your brain to make some sense of the space that you are in. Why your brain has picked an office, you're not entirely sure, but that's what's happened. It's all been overlaid. And the second thing that you spot is that there is a kind of like certificate framed in glass and when you try and read the letters they kind of merge and you can't really read what it says but you can see your reflection and you see this hunched almost creature with these eyes that are like huge and vaguely glowing and these six horns that are mm-hmm. like going up from like the top of your head and you're kind of like a bit spindlier and And you're kind of like a little bit like weirdly shaped. And then like it kind of goes and you see yourself again. But there's just that knowledge of this second layer underneath what you're
2: actually seeing. Huh, well, there's there's something a bit weird going on. Did they change the filing system or
1: (laughs) In a sense, more like you got promoted by your own hard work, may I add.
2: Oh, well, I have been working hard, so you know or hardly working am i right
1: oh uh, well that is you <laughs> <laughs> you do manage to get great results from doing surprisingly little but the little that you do do has incredible effect honestly we're very pleased with what you have been doing you're making great steps
2: that's great to hear boss
1: you'll be uh well Coming for my position soon, I should imagine. In time, there's still plenty for you to learn. And what I like about you is that you don't take the conventional way. I've spoken to so many people and mentored so many who have taken my brand, my message, as not what I intended at all. It's not all about... Oh, well, some go for wanton destruction. Some go for total annihilation. Some just pick and choose based on their own emotions. But you don't go for any of that. No, your approach is much more out of the box. You make connections where other people aren't making connections. Contact where others wouldn't bother. It's very impressive. Well, what can I say? What can you say? anything I want apparently (laughs) you're right this is a free space where you can talk to me about any concerns you might have about your position your uh, potential and of course your path
2: through this right of course yeah of course Yep. that's right those are things that I can talk about this isn't actually there's no sales going on here right that's not what this actually is Well,
1: (laughs) dealings, yes. Sales, mm, mm, not so much. Huh. Salesmen are the lowest rung. You're far past that.
2: What rung am I on? A mentor of
0: sorts.
1: Uh, I like to think of you as somebody who is bridging gaps, making new connections, bringing a bit of spark to the old guard. Huh. I think you could go very far, you know. Well, what comes next, then? Well, it's sort of up to you. You're a bit of a trailblazer here. Innovative, exciting, doing all sorts of things. I mean, gosh, your little trick earlier today with... uh, And they kind of, like, shuffle through some paperwork. The work you did earlier today with Brindley was (laughs) inspired. And you know what? The most fascinating thing is
2: sometimes... (laughs) I think you don't even know what you're doing
3: (laughs) whatever gives you that impression
1: Well, you know
2: when it all comes naturally to you it can look like that
1: well that's your genius isn't it it's how you manage to get into all these places and you get people all unassuming about you and then pow you hit them with something like that incredible
2: really yeah it's uh it's great so why did you invite me to the office today
1: I didn't. Well, I mean, I invited you to the building, but you found your own way here, and that is what I like about you as well. You have a determination when you want it to be, and you always have this ability to find your way here.
2: Yeah, I suppose so. But now, you know, let's let's talk about something we can both get interested in. This is, you know, things have been going well on the on the ground level, but. What's the big picture for the company now? What's, what's the next? What's coming next?
1: Well, as with all things, companies need to be renovated, rejuvenated. You need a little bit of fresh blood in to keep things going over, to keep it interesting, and of course, full of potential. And unfortunately, well, I've been doing this job for so long now, so very, very long now. That after time, well, you start to get old. You start to, you know, break down in various ways. I can't do this forever. Uh, Literally, I can't. It would be impossible. But this does have to go on. Things must continue. And so we're always looking for somebody to take the mantle. Now, what we are expecting, of course, is mergers. The amount of, uh, you know, assets that we had when we were all taking over were much greater. There was a sort of flow, if you can imagine, between all of us, between well, all other companies, all other places, all other worlds, and that flow over time it dries up, some you know oasis has become deserts some a beautiful thing gets destroyed and suddenly you can't use it anymore, and there's a constriction, a sort of well, not quite a recession we don't want to frighten anybody, but there becomes a certain, um lack of assets with which to trade and at that point what you have to do of course is turn to your fellow competitors and start striking some deals and really that's what i'm hoping you'll do in time of course oh i see
2: okay deals got anyone in mind
1: I of course have my own opinions but I actually don't think I want to sully your amazing work with my direction in that sort of sense. You already have some rather fascinating ties with um, uh, those two others and you kind of have this minute where you remember sitting at that table playing cards for Findex's to for Findex to be brought over to Alfalan from Tembran and as this person is saying that you just know instinctively that they're talking about those two gods patrons that that you were talking to then uh, hmm. even if they don't say it it's it's like that kind of telepathic connection where you just know that this one is talking about those two uh, but of course the roads are many and varied and well, there's plenty of time for you to explore several options really it's up to you that's what's fascinating about it
2: yeah I, i'm with you i'm with you well uh... Sounds like i better get started. Indeed. I mean, you've already
1: done great work. Uh, I'd like to, if you have a moment, take you on a brief tour. Oh, why not? Yeah, sure. Brilliant. I've got a couple of things to show you. Uh, follow me. And they stand up and you can see behind them is like another door. This one looks a bit fancier than the one that you
2: came in on. Always love to get to see some new innovations on the product, you know,
1: <laughs> well, before they
2: hit the shelves.
1: Absolutely. And we're hoping that your insights will just make them all the better. And they open this door and step out. And as you step out, the office backdrop gets more flimsy. It gets harder to kind of layer that over what you're seeing because you are walking in this hellscape, as you called it, when you were in the the dimension door. And what you are seeing is Hopewell. And you're walking away from the laughing cat. But everything is, we described it as kind of like the upside down. It's all kind of weird. There are these like threads and strings linking everything together and as you are walking you see like a a pigeon on the side of the road and this cat pounces out of the shadows and you see like the threads that are holding that together snap and disappear and you know instinctively that that pigeon has just died and this person starts leading you through the streets and saying well you see the wonderful thing about this is it's universal isn't it it's all connected it's all very important and well, it all happens in so many different ways, and really that's what I like about this. It's why I believe in it so much. It's universal, it's accessible to everyone, and it's inevitable.
2: Yeah, of course. It's a, uh you know, great unifier or whatever.
1: Exactly. But it could be more. Or, at the very least, it could continue
2: once I'm gone. You mean it wouldn't if you didn't?
1: I don't know. And that's the scary thing.
2: Well, it's a uh, new territory there, that is.
1: Well, exactly. And we need somebody like yourself, a true trailblazer innovator, to navigate that with us. In time, like I said, there is plenty of time, uh, but not eons anymore. We've gone through that. You probably saw uh, my previous candidates that I was interviewing. Yeah. It didn't really work out in the end with them. Um, terrible shame, but uh, you actually managed to pass an interview process without even having an interview. I still am amazed at that one.
2: You know, you pull some levers sometimes.
1: Hmm. Strangely, I think it was perhaps your your little deal, and then of course the implications by bringing Findex. Was it? It was Findex, right? Findex to this place. There are so many ways in which to change a life and save and to, you know, I mean, what is saving a life? Is it simply living? No, you could have left him there and saved his life and he would have lived, but you changed it. And I have a feeling that that sort of innovation is exactly what we need. I'm, I'm
2: with you all the way, boss.
1: Well, I'm very excited to hear that. I'll leave you here. You have my address and uh, let me give you this and they hand out this like business card. And as you are looking at it, you are completely unable to read it and you know it's because you're kind of asleep and you're in a dream and all the, the letters are changing and it's very, very difficult to keep track of what's moving. But as you hold it in your hand, it's very cold and it's almost sharp. And as you look at this figure, you see for a minute something that is not, I, I'm going to say human, but of course, this is a world that has plenty of of it that are not human yeah well yeah this is not like a person of a, of a person that you recognize but you understand that it is very 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 old it is very um weak it is weakening and that it is genuinely pleased to have spoken to you and these are just three things that you know intrinsically and it says wow well, until next time
2: yeah uh you know keep grinding
1: keep grinding and then it disappears
2: i want to pop the the thing in my briefcase
1: okay you do that as you do that the dream disappears you wake up and you are not in the laughing cat you are on a street Ah. in hopewell you are exactly where you have walked and you are holding a briefcase that looks ancient like it look you are holding it and you are suddenly like, oh my god, if I so much as twitch this thing will crumble into dust.
2: Huh. Uh whether I would like to as gingerly as possible carry it back to the laughing cat.
1: Okay, yeah, you do that. It it survives the walk. You carry it back to the laughing cat. This point, as you go in. I'm just gonna say there are clocks because, like, let's just have yeah, clocks. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like love f- clocks. You love clocks. It's like four. If they've
3: got trains, they have to have clocks. That's why clocks started being a thing.
1: Yeah,
2: it's just a lot of clocks.
1: Great. There is. There's a clock on the wall. It's five in the morning. You definitely didn't go to bed like. You went to bed a couple of hours ago. Some time has passed. Although this feels like you had the dream as soon as you fell asleep. You're kind of tired. In fact, I think you probably don't have shoes on. You probably went out barefoot because you're in whatever you would sleep in, which I hope is something. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Taro's naked. No, you're in a room with two other people. I assume you have like a sleeping shirt at least and some you
2: know year. probably maybe I have on this comedy sleepy hat <laughs> I that love theme. that like very good like the ghost in um, a ghost of Christmas Christmas, Christmas carol.
1: carol yeah that's it love it yeah yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. but you've got bare feet and like you haven't stood on anything particularly unpleasant but like your feet are cold and like you've walked a fair wee distance and a fair wee distance back holding this
2: this briefcase huh well that's sleepwalking I guess I'll, I'll slide it underneath the bed or something put the briefcase under the bed and go to sleep go back okay. to bed get yep. a few more Z's
1: yep you all take a long rest. You all wake up in the morning, fairly bright and early.
0: <sighs>
3: I still feel really bad about Erstin.
0: She did harm to us.
3: I know. I am going to go and... Well, I, I won't do it today. We were awful. I mean, I didn't stop you.
0: Do you do whatever you must to soothe your conscience?
3: Yeah, I think I will. Taro's out for the count. Look at that.
0: He is. But he's always been a sleepy boy.
3: <laughs> That's true. What we are we going to do with today, then? I'd quite
0: like to visit the mausoleum.
3: Yeah, I think that's not a bad idea.
0: See what uh, Lady Belva and her husband, if that's who they are. Yeah. Have to say.
3: Well, we definitely want Taro for that, because um, he's, our, he's our little ghost boy. <laughs> Your little ghost <laughs> boy?
2: Our <laughs> little ghost boy, Casper. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay,
1: so you're going to wait for Taro to wake up. Yeah, we'll get some breakfast. Okay, head downstairs. It's not particularly lively. It's relatively early morning. There are some people having some breakfast. Findex is up and about. Captain Mayhem, but slightly kind of, you know, ill-fitting. Morning,
3: Findex. Just a tip. Uh, If any officers of the law come in here, you ain't seen us.
1: No, I, I know. We've, we've been fending them off.
3: Yeah, really, really ain't seen oh, us this time, though. Thank you. Well, I... No, that's the whole. We haven't, we haven't seen you. Of course not. Thank you. These are really good. These are really good. Thank you. Did you, did you get the stuff I left out last night? Oh, that was very gratefully received as
0: well. Thank you.
3: Your, um, your new kind of
1: look is really, really good. Should I call you by a different name?
0: uh, uh call me Natalie.
1: Nat, Natalie, but that's still Nat shortened. Yeah. Natalie Nightingale, that'd do it, wouldn't it? <laughs> do I have to use your full name every time? It's still Nat
0: Shorten. I, I just like. I get, I get what you mean there, but. Like, I just like the idea that he thinks the shortened version of Nat is Natalie. Yeah. It's got more syllables, so it's shorter. Yeah. Um, well, I find usually the aliases which work best are the ones which are close, yeah. but won't. Uh, I mean, maybe this one was a bit too close.
3: Well,. You know, when I use um, Mary instead Meredith instead of Nerium and it shortens to Merry, well, it's a different yeah. letter of the alphabet to start with, so they'd look you up on a totally different part of the records.
0: Oh, that's a good idea. Maybe I should make my next one Mattelie. Mattelie. <laughs> you could be Cattleie.
3: Oh, we'll call you Cat. Cat would do. Whatever you want,
0: we'll call you. Thanks. Cat, uh,
3: bat, mat, lat.
0: Let, let's go with Cat. Chat. Well, well well. No. well. That's,
1: that's <laughs> I, I don't I don't like chat. That's not good. I like <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. okay. No, you're probably right. Uh... we'll we'll go with I like your new outfit and, and style, cat. It suits you. You look really good.
0: Thanks. Thanks, Pendex. She's
1: a she's a hep cat. She's a cool cat. <sighs> she she is a cool cat. In the laughing cat. Yes!
2: Narrator voice. Well let's hope curiosity doesn't kill this cat. <laughs>
1: oh, so good. I've already used that episode title. I can't do Sorry, it. Sorry, I'm the
2: narrator now.
1: Yeah, good go, go on then. <laughs> you are the narrator now. Okay, no.
0: Can I speak to Neri while we're downstairs? Yeah. Nery.
1: What is it, cat?
0: Hi. Um I'm just make sure that FinDex isn't nearby.
1: Nope, he's cooking. So
0: you know we had that thought a while back about FinDex having to wear the mask all the time. Yes. And how that might not be ideal in the long run.
3: I think there's issues of body dysmorphia and psychological harm that are going to go on if that becomes a permanent
0: thing. So I was wondering, and I, I know this idea has its issues and it's not necessarily what we should go with, but I think it's a, it's a starting point for conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, How about if we pretend he's got ill And each day, he changes the mask slightly and so gradually morphs from looking like captain mayhem to looking like his actual self.
3: Do you think that perhaps that kind of illness is going to raise more questions than it answers?
0: I I, I knew there were problems with this plan.
3: Is it one of those where until you said it out loud, you didn't quite realise? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: I'm like super slow
0: (laughs) Look, I may be intelligent, but I'm not wise.
3: has never been more apparent, Nat, but, uh, Cat, but, uh, yeah, it was a, I mean, you know, every, there's no bad suggestions when you're brainstorming. But
0: you get my feeling. Maybe there's, you could do something?
3: There has to be a way. Um, I wonder if... Maybe we
0: could make... Taro have a pretend experiment on him and it goes wrong and turns him into a lizard.
3: Well, given, given the way ma- magic is viewed in this place, I think anything like that is going to be viewed suspiciously. I think our best bet is to suggest that, you know, he's been cured of a curse or something. Oh. Rather than turned into something else. I don't know. But yeah, I do feel like that mask is a bit too handy to be permanently attached to the cook at the Laughing Cat. And, you know, it's not good for you to pretend to be someone else your whole life.
0: Matt <laughs> awkwardly tugs on Collar. It's always
3: What do you mean, Gertrude? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's to think about. I also, however, feel that we have to involve Findex in that conversation.
0: True. I just wanted to...
3: Yeah, no, I'm glad you ran that one by <laughs> me first. <Yes. laughs> <laughs> oh boy. speaking of changes to appearance however mm-hmm. i would definitely like to go and get myself some armor and very
0: sensible given the circumstances
3: maybe even a haircut oh well it might be sensible i mean they know what we look like now they've worked out that it's not just you it's those two people who hang out with you true oh, i don't want to cut my hair
0: i mean we don't know all the pieces they've put together
3: but i do want some armor
0: that, 100% yes.
3: Can we go and buy some armor? Uh, before you go and do that, Taro, I'm sure, we will wake up. Yeah. I mean, I want Taro's advice on, you know, what's going to look good in terms of armor. I'm good with frocks. Yeah. Uh, so, Taro, you, you kind of, I'm
1: assuming you wake up, some point, yeah, I gotta check I'm assuming you wake up at some
2: point. Yeah, got to <laughs> I, mean, I, I yeah. yeah. gotta check which parts of my weird dream were actually weird dream parts and which parts were not real. So, I gotta get that briefcase out from under the bed,
1: okay? Yeah, you pull that briefcase out, it's still there. It's a leather briefcase, and the leather is like cracked and splitting, and the kind of metal frame that it was stretched over to make the briefcase is a bit rusty in places, a little bit bent and warped. Um, very delicate, but with careful handling, you'll be fine. As long as you're not running around the streets swinging at people, you will be alright.
2: Can I... As if you'd do that. <laughs> Can I pop it? Can I pop the, pop the locks?
1: Yeah, you open it. What's it's... in? There is nothing in it, except for, for a second, it looks like your scythe, but then your scythe is kind of beside you and that scythe that's in the briefcase seems to sort of dissipate into nothingness. Just like a remnant of some part of it, very much like how there was that separation between Halumi's soul and her body. Again, it's almost like the kind of like the soul of your scythe was there for a second, and now it's not. And there is what looks like a very, very old business card. Cool. I'll pull out
2: the business card. Let's have a look at it.
1: It is not actually made of paper. It's actually bone, and it is so oh. finely carved to be almost like paper with none of the way that paper will bend it's kind of chipped it's a bit discolored in places so it's it's very beautifully carved and engraved into it is simply the end and the only way that you can actually really read that is because it's kind of got like almost like dirt in the recesses so that it shows up
2: because it's just engraved into the into the ivory into the bone. That's weird. Yeah. I guess I'll get dressed and pop that in my pocket, mm-hmm. the business card. Can I put my scythe in the briefcase? Is that a thing that I can do? Because I know it shrinks down. Yeah. Anything happen?
1: There is... Your scythe is one of the magical scythes from uh, Tembran, right?
2: Yeah, it's one of them.
1: Yeah. You put it in, and you immediately see, like, two scythes. It's like you can see really, really clearly the kind of soul of the scythe and the scythe itself and you know that these scythes from your time in tembran were somehow made from the soul energy from the life energy of people who were in the cloud and who became some sort of weapons much like rupert fucks (laughs) <laughs> who is the knife that you still own as well? And you can see this kind of like.
2: Oh, I forgot uh, about Rupert. Fox yeah. That I have.
1: Yeah, but you can see this really clear separation. You can see the kind of boring metal of the scythe and then the second one which is fantastical and very magical feeling but has that same tinge to it now that you know what that feels like off that hellscape place off when you cast speak with dead off when you took on the appearance of the bronze armored guy it's all that same energy threaded through it and it reminds you of all of those strings that you saw when you were doing that tour of of tour when you were doing that tour of Hopewell.
0: Does it look angry? Does it look scythe itself? Oh
1: my god, Gary!
0: Don't know what to say to that. No,
1: but when you look at it very closely, it looks like the soul scythe is woven. So it looks like it's woven out of threads rather than beaten metal.
2: So there are two distinct scythes in this box. It's not like I can see the soul of the one I normally have.
1: It's like you can see the soul of the one you normally have, but laid next to it, rather than superimposed on top.
2: So it splits them?
1: Yeah, like you know, like a mirror trick, almost?
2: Can I interact with it in any way? The ghosty one? Not
1: really. You can touch it, and you can feel that this almost woven feeling to it, but when you go to grab it, your hand automatically closes around the metal one.
2: Huh. Ooh. I want to do something interesting. Okay. I'm going to... Do a spell. Oh, okay. Um at this hour of the morning? Yeah, I know. This is very I think he thinks for Terraf really thinks for for a little bit before this and is like, Renegandus, I wanna cast mending on the briefcase.
0: Ooh. Ooh.
1: Okay. I like that very much. So that's such a relief. For a second I thought you were gonna use a spell slot. <sighs>
2: No. <laughs> no,
1: Ed's resource management is too good for that. So yeah. as you cast this spell, you feel from that business card that you've slipped in your pocket, you feel this like coldness. And it's not like a sharp biting coldness. It's almost like a like a kind of relief. You know, on a hot day, you put like a cool... You turn to the cool side of the pillow type feeling. It's like that. It feels kind of like a relief. And as you are casting Mending usually when you have done your like healing spells things kind of like knit up and like you know things kind of stitch back together and you're kind of I think expecting that to happen with this but what actually happens is this kind of swirling mist that you have seen in that office space and on your tour starts to kind of coalesce around your fingers almost like you're you are pulling it from the air around you, like you are reaching into that space and pulling that matter through to fix this briefcase, and you see it start to get kind of woven in, and it's woven in haphazardly in the way that all of these threads that you've seen stretch over everything kind of you know crossing here and there and everywhere and it doesn't really make sense it's not a nice weave it's not like a neat stitch like you've done with your healing on people this is much more haphazard almost like an overlay of cobwebs than necessarily a nice even knit and it fixes it And it all starts to kind of merge back together until you are sitting there with a briefcase that looks shiny and new and well oiled the leather is supple and beautiful and the the metal is no longer rusted or or bent or or cracked Um, and it's beautiful and it's nice heavy weight feels very durable and solid and it is very very cold to the touch again in a way that you think should be biting and uncomfortable, but is actually kind of soothing.
2: Sweet, the sounds. All right, I'm going to slide it back into the bed and come down for breakfast.
1: Findex, can we have seconds? Yes, of course. Good morning, Taro.
2: Here's some breakfast. Morning. Did you sleep well? Yeah. I mean, I woke up early, but then I went back to sleep. I think I've started sleepwalking. Oh. What? Oh, what? Yeah, I was just out on the street when I woke up. And I was like, well, this is
0: weird. But, you know... Good rest. And you've never sleepwalked before?
2: Well, how would I know?
3: You never sleepwalked when we were in Tembran. No, I don't think I've known you do it since we've known you.
2: Anything weird? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's stress or something.
3: I would say that we were pretty stressed in Tembran,
1: but... I was gonna say, yeah.
0: Maybe it's the water here?
1: Well, we had the nightmare water in Tembran again.
0: Oh, don't you still have some of that, Taro? (laughs) Shh!
1: You know, you didn't ever bring any back to Mark.
2: Oh, maybe I do then. I don't know. I have a lot of stuff in my bag. Oh.
1: Thanks
0: to the people in the Discord. Thanks,
2: Discord. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you better make sure that doesn't spill. I don't know how it would have dealt with interdimensional travel.
2: Oh, God. Look, I have a lot of stuff in my bag, okay? I just put things in there and I forget about them.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'll i keep an ear out if I hear you moving around. I, I mean, I know I shouldn't wake
3: you up, but it's not safe. I can probably arrange to... The- you know, I'm quite good with restraints. and I think it'll
2: be alright. They all right. wouldn't
3: necessarily be uncomfortable, so you wouldn't actually impair your sleep. I or... mean,
2: let's see if it becomes a, a repeating problem before we I mean,
3: if I can remember where Melvin used to keep them. No, you're like, just showing off. There's now. actually some notches on the frame of the bed that we No, have. you're
2: definitely just you're just, you're just, you're just, this is just too much and you need to I stop. I only want because to be helpful, It's, it's breakfast, Naryum. <laughs> a sacred meal.
3: <laughs> listen if we're having a cooked breakfast and there are sausages then uh, obviously there's going to be some suggestive eating going on while wow. i wear my eyebrows at Taro, and then Glare we can go back. and buy armor
2: <laughs> well, I eat sausages with respect
3: okay
1: <laughs> there's two different types of people in this world all right <laughs> You finish up your breakfast. I'm going to skip over it. We had a shopping episode really recently. You buy your armor, mark off whatever appropriate gold it would be. Look it up in the handbook.
3: What is that, DM?
1: You look it up in the handbook. It's going to be some amount of whatever armor you want. Just tell me afterwards and I'll tell you how much it costs. But we're not doing it on air.
3: Okay. I would like very briefly, having put it on, to um, do a little Mulan and uh, slice my hair off. Oh, okay. You're not Ooh. going for a
2: professional cut. You're just... You mean a Haran No, I'm yeah, going to go exactly. for Thank
3: the, the Mum's Net Bob. Where you tie it in a ponytail and just slash it off from the back so you end up with one of those posh spice little things where it's longer at the front than the back. You're ready to speak to managers all over Hopewell. I will speak (laughs) to managers all over Hopewell. I don't have peroxide stripes in it, thank you. No,
1: I'm joking. (laughs)
0: Um, (laughs) Okay. We go to the mausoleum.
1: Okay. You're heading to the mausoleum? Yes. Yes. Great. I love that decision and clarity so the mausoleum is in the upper district of hopewell it's in the upper circle however you do have free uh access to tickets yeah we've got three
3: tickets anyway and we mended the little trip
2: the i'm still using the mending gimmick
1: well taro mended his one but you can take the time for taro to mend your other two yeah 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 okay cool so you taro mends the tickets taro you're gonna do the spell
2: yeah, mending is one I think I'm now happy with. You're I'm, happy I'm, with mending. I've, you know, I've settled, I've done mending enough now that I'm like, nothing is going to blow up if I do mending. It's not going to fundamentally change the universe. Probably. No. Although well, maybe using it on a magic briefcase. We'll we'll get into that. Hopefully it won't come up.
1: As you are mending them, you you do feel like you are still pulling threads from that other place now. There's <laughs> like a connection there that you can't sever. And Nat and Nerium, you can kind of feel this like... Hmm. Just like the the temperature drops by a degree or two as like Ooh. Tarot is doing that, but you have three mended tickets, and I'm going to say that there is uh, no problem getting past the the people at the gate because you have the correct tickets and you're all dressed up. um There are still the posters around, but Nat, you are looking uh, different enough at this point that you can get in without problem, unless you're going in invisible or something like that again. No,
0: no, no. no. Nope.
2: You're walking I'm in. Just
0: making sure the lipstick's really. Really, really well
2: there. applied. Yeah. Um, yep. The mosque is fucking on. It's Zex Mercuse time. Yeah. Well, you do think
1: actually that as you're walking in, they let you in because you're with Tarot or Fauntleroy. Um, ah. Because Tarot has been in and out a few times. And so they do recognize Tarot and you, there is some kind of familiarity as they allow Tarot in. And, and you I'm as always tell me with the boys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you make your way to the mausoleum. It is an incredibly beautiful beautiful ornate building it's all white marble kind of threaded through with bits of gold um, filigree it's gorgeous gorgeous and as you walk past the first doors there is a big open courtyard and in this courtyard are the individual kind of like mausoleum houses basically and it's all (laughs) laid out almost like it's a miniature village family tombs. (laughs) Family <laughs> tomb mausoleum houses is, but they're beautiful. White marble. Some are black obsidian. They've all got jewels. They've got silver. They've got gold. They're opulent. Most of them are actually kind of on the side of gaudy. There are beautiful statues and engravings of the of the people. There are plaques that kind of tell you about the family, the history, what they've done for Hopewell. All these things, and you navigate the little streets until you find the tomb of House Belva. And there's a very beautiful wrought iron door and you can see inside a little bit there are some very kind of um, tasteful sconces on the wall that have been lit. There's a little bit of flame flickering. Do do love
0: a tasteful sconce.
1: Tasteful sconce. Tasteless
2: uh, sconce. Disgusting. No, it's tasteful. I couldn't, oh, okay. couldn't
3: manage a whole batch. Beautiful. Okay. That's when you don't use enough butter. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And the door isn't locked. You can walk
1: in and there are some little chairs so you could sit in there and sort of pay your respects. And these big, what kind of look like sarcophaguses basically. <laughs> 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 I'm just saying, what I like in a tube? This is what I'd like. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny? <laughs> what? <laughs> what?
2: It's just the way you said it. Don't worry. About did it. I say it wrong? No, you said it fine. It's I mean, you,
3: so like I think else. it's usually sock off a guy, but I don't think that's. <laughs> I don't think that was really the
2: that wasn't the point
3: <laughs> No. <laughs>
2: just I say, say sarcophaguses again I, <laughs> thought, I thought it was a lovely S- description
3: sarcophaguses
2: sarcophaguses, sarcophaguses yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, there's <laughs> something about the way that hits there's
0: just closer looking ghosts out there oh
2: my Sarcophag- god <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: classy, it's beautiful it's what I'd like to see in a tomb
2: what do you do? <laughs> I'd love to see sarcophaguses in a tomb <laughs>
3: Uh, well, I mean, I'm going to just sort of look expectantly in Tarot and say, mm. anyone home?
2: I'll take a seat. You know what? I'm do this on purpose. Okay. Yeah.
3: Cause problems on purpose. Okay. So you walk
1: into the individual tomb. You go past the wrought iron door. It kind of closes behind you, gives you the sense of privacy for if there's anyone else walking around outside. Again, like I said, there are some little seats. Um, you are looking for the... So as you kind of like start to reach out with that spell, you are overwhelmed for a second because you are in a place with a whole lot of dead people. And for a second, it's almost like the oncoming migraine of a headache as you kind of reach out without specifically picking a certain thing. And there is this kind of noise in your head and you pull back and you know that you have to sort of focus in a bit more on a particular spirit that you want to pull back. They're all just hanging around? They don't go
2: anywhere? The boss likes my maverick streak, but I can't be that much of a maverick. You know, I was worried about this magic stuff, but if the boss says it's good, then it's good. (laughs) Hey, Miriam? Yeah? Who do we want to talk to? Lady Belva. Which one is that? The most recent one. I don't know.
3: Call her name, see what happens. Uh, They're not like markings Say, oi, we met your son and he was a dick. Raise your hand
1: if you killed your son. Can you just look at the contents of the spell? I need to know if you have to be able to see the remains.
2: Let me have a look. Because
1: you might have to do some fancy grave digging.
2: It just says a corpse of your choice within range.
1: A corpse of your choice within range, yeah. The corpse
2: must still have a mouth and can't be undead.
1: Yep.
0: So they're not ashes.
1: So I said that she was partially incinerated. Okay. Deliberately, because I knew that was part of the spell. And I didn't want to break anyone's cool idea,
2: so... (laughs) All right, I think I think I just go like, all right, just just shut up for a bit. Let me let me let me work through this, and then I want to sit down on the mm-hmm. nice cool ground and try and sort through some souls. Okay, yeah. So like Tara's... a fucking Tinder profile.
1: Yeah, very cool. So Tarot sits on the ground. I'd like both Nat and Nerium to make perception checks,
0: please. Oh, perception. Yes. That's my best.
1: Oh, lucky you. Nineteen. <laughs>
0: It's not, I'm lying. Thirteen. Nineteen,
1: thirteen. Nat, what you can feel, again, is the temperature drop, and you kind of feel this shiver of magic that you felt a little bit from Tarot before, but it's not a magic you're very well versed in. Um, It is the magic that Tarot used when he took on the form of the bronze guard. Nerium, as you are sitting there, your eyes are not actually drawn to Tarot. You feel the coldness. You feel, again, this kind of flickering of magic that is not one that you're used to feeling but you are slowly becoming more used to feeling from Tarot and as you kind of glance over you can see Tarot's shadow against the wall-hmm and you can kind of see it shift a little bit and yeah. it looks instead of like there are two horns there are mm-hmm. six and Mm -hmm. it kind of looks like there is maybe a light right in front of where Taro's face would be because that bit's a bit more like washed out but there's no light directly on Taro's face. It's just like the shadow is acting as if there was a light in front of it so it's much more washed out at the front and stronger towards the back and you can see what almost looks like a spindliness that isn't necessarily part of Taro and he also looks bigger in the shadow than he actually is.
3: Now I heard Halloumi mint say that that's describe what he looked like mm. when they were in the uh, hellscape so would I recognize that as being yes, the six horned spindly creature yep. is what Taro's true form looks like as it were oh, wow. I think given that I have had conversations with a goddess of shadow dark and death mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point I might reach out I don't think audibly, I don't think I'd say it out loud, but I'm going to be looking at Tarot's shadow and say Dark lady? Are you around? Is this you? The sconces, elegant,
1: classy, flicker in a way that you are very used to when you are communicating with the dark lady. And you feel almost like the power from Tarot for a second is more sharp and concentrated. And you get the very clear idea
3: that yeah, this is very much connected. In my head, I will say, don't you fuck around with my friend. You've done enough damage. There's no mm. response. You feel a little shiver. I keep saying it. I'm, I'm saying it over and over and I'm thinking it over and over because okay. I'm like, you fucking, you are weird enough, bitch. You don't get Tarot as well. <laughs> okay, fair.
1: Um, tarot, as you are sifting through these souls, it is like literally holding a ball of knotted thread. And you are trying to unpick the knots. And that is very much the feeling that you have as you are sorting through these. And you are looking for a specific one, and you just can't quite find it. And that's really weird, but you keep coming back to this same, like, tangled, knotted part. And as you kind of reach for that part and you glance over at the the tomb that it seems to be linked to, the sarcophagus, singular, that it is linked to, that is the one that has Lady Belva's name and her information engraved on it. And as you kind of tug on that particular knot, because that's the one for whoever is in there, although you're not sure it's necessarily the one you're looking for, it unravels in your hands and almost kind of wraps around your fingertips like marionette strings and as you kind of pull forward you see rising from this tomb this ghostly spectral figure of this kind of old looking woman and she looks kind of haggard and beaten down and she is clutching a um, glass bottle that looks kind of dirty that looks like it had some like alcohol swishing in the bottle it's got a label on it that looks like it's an old kind of like wine bottle type thing and from the pictures that you have seen of lady belver from talking to lady Philomira, she looks similar in stature in height in build but that is not lady belver and she looks at you with kind of woozy confusion and she goes all right love who are you then